The following presentation is brought to you by the KMmedia.pro network. Each channel is created to provide highly engaging and fascinating content presented in an entertaining light just for you. Please visit KMmedia.pro for complete information. Now, stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our mission is to bring to you the best, most uplifting content heard anywhere. Great guests, interesting topics and ideas presented with a fun, entertaining style. Please join me, Kevin McDonald, and my friends as we bring new thoughts, terrific people, and creative ideas directly to you. Please join us right now for Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to Monday morning. It's Monday morning at 9. I hope that you are have woken up and that you're doing uh, great things in your life today and are planning for great things. Uh, my name is Kevin McDonald, and you're listening to Positive Talk Radio. And we've got a great show for you today. But first, but first, I have to ask Benny. Benny, how is everything this morning? Everything is uh, ship-shape, positive, as always. I don't know. Do you have any other questions for me? I'm waiting for you like to bombard me with some new Monday material. Well, Monday material would be well. First of all, I assume traffic is going well and swimmingly uh, and stuff. <laughs> swimmingly, <laughs> it it is a little wet out there, is it not? No, it is not. Actually, it's just fine. Uh, it's okay. There's a couple spots there. Typical for this morning's rush, as I said in my report. But other than that, it changes, and we're uh, on our way to the lunch. Oh, very nice, very nice. Well, we've got a great show for you today. Uh, Benny, did you look at your garage? Do you have a garage, by the way? I do, actually. I built my garage. Oh, I know, that's, that's pretty cool, huh, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. That's hardly even fair. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, <clears throat> i got to flex my you know carpenter muscles a little bit. <laughs> so you, you built your garage, so I assume it's spick and span and cleaned and, and all tidy and, uh, and uh, now, Kevin, organized. Now, now right? Kevin, now, Kevin, you should know this. I'm a producer for you. I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> okay, that's one and two right there. You know it's going to be organized. Yes, it is. Uh, it was a carport before that, and then I framed it in to make it a garage, by the way, just so the yeah, just to put it for reference, but it is well, organized. Yes. Oh, uh, well, awesome! Because I stopped going, and when I had a garage, Uh-oh, I stopped going in my garage. Oh no, here it is. <laughs> it was one of those. Huh? I don't want to, but you know, you feel so much better. And so, being a Monday morning, because yeah. there are some of us, and I'm sure that you're not like this when you get to work at four o'clock in the morning. No. You spend the first two hours cleaning up your desk and organizing yourself so that you can survive the rest of the day. I'm sure you're not one of those. You know what's pretty funny is, uh, okay, we have like a joint studio with other producers, so we keep it fairly organized just because we've got people coming and going. I no longer have a desk because the salespeople took that over. We won't get to that. Um, (laughs) But I did spend the first 45 minutes of my shift cleaning the coffee machine that had backed up over the weekend, and no one did anything about it. So- with that, so, there you go. You are the, you are a good company guy. I'm like, up the coffee machine. I, I think it's like uh, what is it called? Job security. I really think that's important. <laughs> it it really is. And, yeah. Uh, um, you know the the gal that we and the reason that I bring that yes. up is mm-hmm. the, the uh, guest that we have today is going to help all of us learn how to organize ourselves. And uh, um, She's a life coach, yeah. a professional declutterer. I'm going to ask her what a professional declutterer <laughs> is because I'm an, a professional clutterer. Um, 
and uh, she's passionate about supporting people and clearing the clutter in all areas of their lives, getting organized and becoming more mindful and aware. She has a popular podcast, which is called Clear Your Clutter Inside and Out, and is the author of 15 books. Don't know when she's got time to do anything else, but and to and clean and, and to declutter, but I would like to welcome in, here we go, uh, Julie Caraccio. How are you? Hey, hey I did hey. it. How about that? Hey, you did. Great job. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Good morning. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's great. It's great to have you here because it's Monday morning and and all of us spent the weekend looking at the mess that we've created over time and and are trying to figure out what we're going to do and how we're going to clean it up. Now, not everybody's like that, but I can tell you that people in my world have have been like that. So you are. How did you become a professional declutterer? Well, how it happened was I had moved from Los Angeles, so I'm laughing at your traffic report. I do not miss that at all. I have done my lifetime of driving. I've gotten that out of the way. And so I'd been at a job and I was like, this is not the right fit for me, but what can I do? I have to make money, right? I just can't. But I'm like, I don't want to go to another job. So I looked at my past and I'm like, oh, people are like, you're uptight. Come help get me organized. And so I was like, I'm going to be a professional organizer. And I'll never forget, I went to SCORE, which if you're listening and you're a business owner is a great resource. If you're starting out your business, they have retired professionals in different areas of life to help. And they were like, what? People do that? People actually pay for that? I was like, yeah, it's a profession. So I was like, what can I do that can support people and make money and make a difference? And you're doing all of that because you're helping people. Do you find that that... I have, I have to ask, do you find that people don't know how to declutter their life or are they just too lazy and disorganized to want to declutter their life? You know, everyone's different, but I found that people are just really overwhelmed. If they're calling me, they're just overwhelmed. Like I have too much to do, or maybe they don't know where to start, right? Because if you're overwhelmed, you can be paralyzed. What do I do? There's so much to do. I don't even know where to start. So I'd say it's with most people, it's too, they're just overwhelmed. And you are able to, you talk about working with people in all phases of life, mm -hmm. including decluttering their end of life. Could you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah, you know, that's really important. We unfortunately just lost my mother in August and after a long illness. And my father, what got me interested is a couple of years ago, my father sat me and my brothers down and said, you know, this is our end of life. I want you to know all this. And I just want to emphasize, I don't care if you, people think, oh, you've got to be really rich to prepare for end of life. And that's not true. And so while it was difficult, it was like, wow, we're going to have peace of mind. Well, my dad didn't tell us was my mom didn't participate in this. And so after she died, well, what does mom want? Because she didn't let us know. And so we're having to make decisions without her input. So, you know, that's pretty stressful when you're trying to grieve. And so the reason that I got involved with that is I want people to have peace of mind you know, also remember, we're only here for a finite amount of time. So are you doing what you love? Are you making a difference in the world and to prepare for that? Well, you know, the reason I bring that up, Julie, is I lost my mother in July and um, she was 90. She was, for all intents and purposes, was well. She was not interested particularly in in getting her financial house in order and getting everything ready so that if suddenly that day came, mm -hmm. of course, you know, she was, she was amongst the school that I'm going to live forever. She was convinced mm -hmm, yeah. she was 90. She was convinced she was going to live to be at least 106. Yeah. 
So um, in July, she goes and plays um, bridge on Wednesday afternoon, goes out to dinner on Thursday night, uh, plays bridge again on Friday. Bridge is it's a dying game, but old people like it for some reason. Yeah, my mom and dad play, yeah. Yeah, and uh, um, and then she went home Friday night and died during the night. And so consequently, it wasn't decluttered. It was a mess. Mm-hmm. Didn't know where. And this is for everybody who's listening. Yeah. We didn't know. We didn't know where the money was. We didn't mm-hmm. know where her. Uh, we, we didn't know where certain things were that would have been nice had it all been tidied up. And, and so that my sister, who is recovering from surgery, I hope you're listening, sis, another surgery, and uh, she's got another one to go. Um, and, but the, the whole thing was, was monumentally stressful for mm-hmm. us that were left and because we couldn't find everything. As a matter of, funny, a matter of fact, a funny story, there was a uh, box that they'd pulled out of the, the, uh, um, out of the bedroom, and it was marked CDs. And this is how weird it can get, guys. Yeah. Uh, if you if you if you if you're listening, it was marked CDs, and so I opened up the case, and on top of it was CDs, and so I said, "Well, how many CDs are here?" Being an inquisitive sort of guy, and so I delved into it, and I found a couple of envelopes. Mm-hmm. In the envelopes were eighteen thousand dollars in savings bonds that mm-hmm. was going to go to the trash. Mm-hmm because we had no earthly idea that she even owned any such thing. And so so when we were looking at this, the grand scope of things, and then to pull it all together, to sell the house, get everything ready to go, it was a horrible, horrible uh, nightmare for everybody involved. So even though we don't expect to ever die, because we're going to all live forever, of course, um, it is it is really behooves us to make it simple for the folks that are going to have to clean up the mess that we leave behind. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And you know, I love that you shared your personal story because you're not alone. Things are hidden. You know, that's one of the things you have to search everything. Like we had to search through my mother's purse because she got started to get a little bit of dementia near the end. And that's the last thing I want to deal with all this when trying to grieve losing her. And, you know, and that's $18,000, you know, that's a, a, a saving bond. I mean, that's a lot. It, it, it really was. And it was like, it was like, holy crap, what's this? And it looked like play money because they were actual savings bonds. Oh, wow. But, okay. But then, but then we started looking at them and, then, and they were in denominations of a hundred to 500. And it was like, holy mackerel, this is real. And this, you know, and it would have been literally, it was in the, um, you know, the pile in the middle of the living room of stuff that was going to get thrown out. Right. You know, and the other thing that I think is important, you know, having a different experience with my mother having a heart attack, a couple heart attacks and a stroke, you know, she was of sound mind to make the decision. She didn't want to be resuscitated. And I'm telling you, those decisions are difficult, but it was uh, the best decision for her. She ended up dying naturally. But those aren't decisions you want to make under stress and you want to honor the decisions of what people want, even if you don't agree with them, but you have that. So you can say to the hospital, they don't want to be resuscitated. They don't want to be in a coma. You know, I, I just think that those things are super important. Well, and um, I have another story if I can share this one, because this one also happens as well. 
is that my father, previous to that, uh, about 15 years ago or so, when he passed away, um, he had lung cancer, so he had cancer surgery, but he had a slow bleed of the brain, which would be a massive stroke that was forming. Mm -hmm. And so he couldn't speak anymore, and, and he couldn't swallow anymore, and he couldn't, and, and the hospital decided that they were going to put a, because he couldn't swallow, put a, uh, um, uh, a food IV into him. Mm -hmm. And then the order was created to um, put a feeding tube into his stomach without necessarily talking to us first. It was just in the normal course of action of mm -hmm. keeping somebody alive. But that would, he couldn't no longer swallow. He could not watch TV. He couldn't do anything. Oh. And, and to keep somebody alive in that state artificially, well, and he wanted no external means. But we mm -hmm. had to go home to my mother's house and get the piece of paper and bring it to the hospital yep. to make sure that, that his wishes were honored because they would have the normal course of action mm -hmm. in his case was to put a feeding tube into him. Right. And I think our country needs, the United States needs a bigger conversation around end of life care and allowing people to make choices of how they want to die and if they want to go. And, you know, it's, my mother had aphasia and I'll never forget she died in August. And she said to me in January, she's like, I want to die. I want to die. And I'm like, okay. I said, you know, we're not going to kill you. Sorry, but you know what? We're going to, when it's time, we're not going to take, you know, and she, they made sure she was a sound mind doing the DNR and stuff, but these conversations are so important to have. They, re they really are because it can change. Well, it, it, it can screw everything up if, mm -hmm. if, uh, you know, so, so, but enough of the, enough of the negative stuff of, of, cause we all, I see, I personally, I consider death part of life. It's, mm -hmm. it's just another step and it's just, it has, it's going to happen to all of us. So just take it like I'm, I'm committed that my children know exactly where all my bones are buried. Mm -hmm. No pun intended. Um, mm -hmm. So, so that, so that they know, uh, and it'll be easy for them because I've already downsized and I've already done all that, but, but you, you're able to help. <laughs> I got more stories about this, than, but anyway, but you're able to help people recognize that downsizing and, and making life a lot simpler is not a bad thing, right? Not at all. Not at all. You know, clutter is stuck, stagnant energy and clutter is all the junk that's not important. So that's why I want people to think of clutter in broader terms. For example, if your office desk has a bunch of piles of paper, I want you to go beyond thinking it's just, oh, it's a bunch of paper. No, it's a roadblock to getting a promotion. Or if you have a stuffed closet that is maybe preventing a racial relationship for blooming or becoming a sticking sticking point in a current relationship. So it's thinking bigger and broader and seeing clutter for what it is. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, because it does. It's, it, you know, if you look at, um, I'm not familiar, I'm not sure if you're familiar with feng shui. Yes. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit, how, how having clutters and piles of stuff affects the energy as it moves around the room and moves around your house. Right. Well, everything's energy, whether you believe that from a physics perspective or a spiritual perspective. So if you have clutter, that's like I mentioned a moment ago, it's stuck stagnant energy. So how can you welcome into life the things you want to create when you just have stuck 
energy everywhere, right? It can't move. It's like, oh, I want to move, but I've just got to stay here. So when you talk to people, the first thing they say, if they're a feng shui person, they're going to say is clear your clutter right off the bat. So like I've had referrals for business from feng shui people because they said, ah, call her. I don't deal with clutter. You got to clear this clutter before I'm going to even come into your home and feng shui it. Interesting. Now, um, first of all, I want everybody to know if you want to follow along, there is a website that you can go to and it's called reawaken your brilliance. I love that, by the way, I'm surprised that you must have had it for a while. Cause that, that should be, that would have been gone. I, I would have thought I have a great story behind that. I okay. was doing uh, like you, I used to go to do an international internet TV show and the guy's like, come on, come on, do it. And I was like, oh, what am I going to call the show? And I was like, Thrive. And then I went to Google and I was like, oh, there are like a bazillion things with Thrive in it. So I sat down to meditate and Reawaken Your Brilliance literally popped in my head. So I made it the show name and then I changed my business name to that because I loved it so much. Although it's a pain in the rear end to change your business name, but it was worth it in the end. Well, and uh, that was something that you just it was an inspiration that came to you, right? It, it is. It was. And it resonated with me and it resonates with people like, oh, OK, yeah, because, you know, we're this awesome sauceness. We're born and then life happens. The society happens and friends and family happen and we forget how wonderful we are. So it's about dusting that all off and finding the diamond and the awesome person that you are. Because sometimes we get lost in all the clutter. Mm -hmm. And you know, the clutter that's in our life that's in and a lot of times it's the clutter that's in our brain and in, in, in our head and we're not able to focus on what is truly important in life. That's, that's that's what it's all about. My goal is to support people in sharing their gifts with the world. If we were all doing what we were passionate about, what got us excited, which we're like instead of Monday morning, Monday morning, we would live in a much different world than we do now. If we were didn't have clutter in our lives, we wouldn't need to have power over others. You know, we wouldn't need to do all these negative things because we would be happy and set in our own lives. Absolutely. Now, uh, there's something that you have done that uh, I, I find just fascinating. And that is of your 15 books, you've got, uh, you've got three that are clear your clutter inside and out. Uh, and another is a workbook involving mm -hmm. that. But you've also got a bunch of of little short books that tell us about that. Where did you came up with the name for them and what they can do for you? So they're journal prompt books because we all, right. have, we all have the wisdom within. You know what's best for you. I don't know what's best for you. And so when I work with people, I support them in bringing out their own wisdom. So I wanted to create kind of a DIY for people in different areas where like, oh, I'm really stuck with this and I need to clear clutter. So we ask a bunch of questions that I created. And one thing that I did that I haven't seen in other journal prompt books is you'll see like, I'm a fan of the Lotus that's in my logo and everything. So kind of like a legal pad after each question, there's a line with Lotus. So I mentioned earlier, when people have clutter, they're overwhelmed. So you answer the question. Then if you wanna take an additional step, you go through your answer and highlight what was most important about this question and the steps that I can take to move forward. Then all the journal prompt series teach you how to set a goal and how to move forward. So you figure out what's most important and then you create a plan of action to do it. In your experience, what is the number one stumbling block 
that we all seem to have about, uh, you know, and we, we, I mean, everybody's different, I understand, but there is a commonality amongst us because we really are all one. So if that's the case, then there is, you know, a, a series of things. What, in, your, in your world, what is the most common issue that we have? You, well, how so? Meaning with people with having clutter in their lives or getting over it? Having clutter in their lives, getting into that place. Because in order to have clutter in your life, you have had to put it there at one point or another. Great question. And, and so you're gets, trying to fulfill a need. That's what people are doing, right? And, you know, we're either coming from love or hate or, as I would prefer to parse it a little more, we're either coming from love or we're not feeling good enough or worthy or lovable. And so when we feel worthy, we feel good, we feel loved, then we tend not to have clutter. Ah. In my view. I tend to agree with that because most of the time when – because I know it's true – but sometimes I don't do it, but I know it's true that when I clean my house and it's nice and clean and everything's in its place, I feel better. You absolutely do. Cause remember, as we've been talking, everything's energy. So you're clearing, you're cleaning, you're getting rid of the old, the stagnant, that what doesn't fit for you. Exactly. And by the way, we're talking with, I'm going to screw it up again. Uh, <laughs> Julie, uh, uh, say your last name for me, please. Caraccio. Caraccio, absolutely. And uh, you are have been working at this from a physical and mental, emotional and spiritual position for most of the time, that you, for the, all the time that you've been doing this. Um, because there is a spiritual component to that, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. And I think I've been doing this since 2009 and people are like, yeah, you're weird. But I'm like, I have to be who I am and I'm attracting the people who it makes sense to and that they click with. You know, if you don't think about gratitude, how many of us have gratitude? Let's talk about gas. Gas just hit over four where I am. It's probably over five where you are on Seattle. Is it a pain in the rear? Absolutely. Am I cheering? No. And I have to remember I'm not at war. I have so much to be grateful for. I have a bed to sleep at night. I have a home. I have heat, you know? And so gratitude, one of my favorite things is you can't have two competing thoughts at once. So I can't be out of gratitude and in gratitude at the same time. So when we're in gratitude, to me, that's one of the highest energies you can be, being in love, being in gratitude. And what you put out in life, you attract back. So that's an example of spiritual clutter for me. A big sticking point is forgiveness, not only with others, but ourselves. How many of us lack self-forgiveness or how many of us are unable to forgive? It, when you hold on to that, you're the one that's hurt, not the person. And I'm not saying to, to forget, you know, it's okay. Like I remember I learned this lesson. I was able to forgive, but what do I need to move moving forward? But you're the one most impacted. The other person might even not, you know, they're taking up rent in your head and your heart when you do that. That is so true. That is so true. And, and oftentimes they're not even aware of how you're feeling about it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes we make up a story in our head that has nothing to do with reality. Uh, it has to do with what we think may have happened, but uh, we, we conclude um, a lot of times uh, imperfectly that what we think was the case really wasn't the case. And, you know, so it, it, you got to take care of yourself and self-forgiveness. You're right. I, I, there are 
people that I know in my life that have con- have have continued their life not forgiving themselves of of things that they did in their past, and it begins to affect them in all kinds mm-hmm. of ways. Mm-hmm. It really does. And you know so. That- you help people get through that. So you're not only about put putting, you know, getting getting a, uh, a basket and putting this in the basket and then putting it on the shelf. You're more about a holistic viewpoint of how to how to declutter everything about you. Is that would that be fair? Yes, absolutely. Because the inner reflects the outer. So as you clean up the piles on your desk, you get more mental clarity. To me, it's all connected. And so it's like, what? Let's work on what needs to be worked on, and then everything else will fall into place. The the challenge I would say is if you just do the physical stuff that usually isn't going to solve it, a lot of times it's going to come back. I mean, I mentioned at one point about fulfilling a need. And so let's figure out what's going on so that we can work on this and release it and let it go and move forward. Exactly. Now, now I want to be clear, um, leading a cluttered life, is different than being a hoarder. Is that is that true? A thousand percent. And I just want to say, don't judge yourself, right? We all have our challenges just because I do this. I have my challenges, but don't go down the rabbit hole of judgment and beating yourself up. You know, we talked about self-forgiveness because what that does is that takes you shoulda, woulda, coulda, and da-da-da, and we're over here doing this instead of becoming present and taking action so that we can change our lives. So don't judge yourself. Be kind to yourself. I think that that's really important and and something to remember. And so hoarders have most people. Well, a hoarder is, has a psychological as defined by the DM, whatever number we're on, five or six. And so there are psychological components, the reason people hoard. And so cluttered living to me is our mental, like we've mentioned, relationships, all of that. What is not important? What are we holding on to that it's time to let go and release? But now, and, and so what is the, um, what is it, what, what goes on with the hoarder in their mind? Is it, is it, is it kind of a mental disorder that they, they're feeling like they've got to uh, hold everything close to them because of the fear they have in their life? I, I, I don't, I don't quite understand that concept. I'm not an expert and I'm not trained to work with hoarders. What okay. I would say, how I view it is it's, it's similar to if you have an eating disorder or drinking, it's, I would call a way to cope. Oh, got it. You know, but again, you'd want to tra- talk to an expert on that. I have a good friend that works with hoarders and, you know, she is amazing because the compassion that you have, because most people just write them off or say awful things. And, you know, she has a big heart to do that work because it's, it's a lot. And it's talk about physical, you know, sometimes I don't think people think of your house where you are just stuffed and meaning like maybe there's a pathway to walk through to things. I mean, that's serious stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you ever watched the uh, the television show Hoarders. I, no, I, no, <laughs> I do not like it. I have to interject. I'm sorry, and then I'll let you talk. It drives me crazy, that show, because it gives people unrealistic and false expectations. No, their house wasn't cleaned in 48 hours. You didn't see the three or four weeks. You didn't see the team of people. You didn't see Correct. the psychologist working with them. And so if you are just a regular person with clutter and you haven't cleaned your house in 20 or 30 years, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You're not going to declutter in a day. Sorry. That's my soapbox. I will had to jump in there and add that, but I will let you continue. 
Oh, no, absolutely. I agree with you because I see in my world, unless you know somebody that actually is a hoarder, you can't imagine what it is to be like what they do because it, it just defies reality for me. Um, but, but, you know, and, but I'm glad that there are people like your, your friend, do you want to give out her name? Just, um, sure. She's in your neck of the woods, Rachel CV of collector care. She's in the San Francisco Bay area. And I just want to tell, I volunteered once on a hoarding project when I first started my business and it was heartbreaking to me because this man had served in world war two. He was a veteran. He worked for the government. He actually was a postal carrier, and there are some things I don't think that perhaps should have been there. But it was very heartbreaking to see because obviously there were mental health issues, and the kids didn't help. He didn't get help within Raleigh. I mean, I you know I don't know all the details of what happened, but it it just made me sad. And especially a World War II vet. Yeah, yeah. Because they those those guys, you know, and it's coming to light more and more. But uh, but veterans, especially veterans that have been involved in war, um, they see such horrific things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could go down the rabbit hole talking about that, but we're not going to do that because we're talking with you and we're talking about cluttering and, and how to declutter your life. If somebody wants to work with you, how what does that look like? Well, it depends on what it is. Obviously, I'm working virtually. It's just I'm still until I feel like we've gotten the all clear from COVID. So we'll do everything virtually. I have people, I do a free 15 minute consultation. We want to make sure we're good fit. You know, if you don't work with me, I would say with anyone you'd work with, make sure there's a good personality fit. You feel comfortable because this person is probably going to be seeing or talking about things. And then that, you know, would be intimate. And then I have a quick assessment to get started. And then we go from there. And then you can, is it a long-term process? Is it? It's whatever people need, really. I I don't like to say you need however many sessions. Let's just start with one and go from there and see how you're doing. You know, my goal is, I'll never forget when I was starting my business, someone's like, I've been working with someone for three years, you know, every week, and I think they need a change of pace. And I thought, change of pace, three years weekly? What is going on here? Like, I don't want that. I want to support you and growing your wings and flying and I, you know, something more is going on if, if that's the case. And so it's whatever people need to support themselves and move forward. And that's also why I created classes and books, because maybe if you, you know, don't need coaching or decluttering you want, but you want to do it on your own, you have some options. So, and you can go to reawakenyourbrilliance.com and you can get uh, all the information that you need to determine what the best course of action is for you. Now, in a marriage situation, do you advocate that both husband and wife come to see you at the same time? Yeah, I'm completely open for that. Now, again, when I was going to homes pre-COVID, one of the things I say is right off the bat is we are friends, we're not enemies, because in some situations, you know, we're, mm, I'm right, I'm right, and we're, you know, the great wall between us, and so it's important sometimes it's important to have some separate session, but I always like to start off. Okay. We're in this together. How are we going to move forward? And then if we need to do separate ones, do that as well. Cause you know, I want people to get back on the same page. And I've talked about being in the present moment is your point of power to change. I don't care what happened in the past. Let's leave that there. We're beginning right now. And what are we going to do to move forward? And sometimes, you know, it's about expressing how I feel. Okay. Well, this made me feel you did this, right? And I, I want the I statements. I feel whatever. 
I feel unheard when you keep it messy. I feel taken advantage, whatever it is, to be able to express that. But but as much as possible, let's be in the present moment so we can take action to change. My kids and I were having a conversation not too long ago around the holidays because we used to have a tradition at my house when I was married and the kids were small. And that tradition was we would spend 50 weeks out of the year, maybe 51 weeks out of the year, having a messy house. And then because we were going to have um, her folks over for Christmas Eve, my folks over for Christmas Day, we would, we would bust our banana to clean our house and to get everything just right and to have it look very nice. And I'll always remember, after everybody got, has gone home, after Christmas dinner is done, presents are uh, opened and everybody's in their car and on their way home, I would sit with my wife and, and my kids and I'd say, okay, all right, guys, look around the house. See how it looks? We're going to keep it this way this time. We're going to keep it this way this this time, and it's going to be this way for the rest of the year, and we're just going to keep it up. And, say, and they would go, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. We'll do that. And unfortunately, I didn't have buy-in <laughs> from everybody. And so how do you, how do you work with uh, that situation where you, you, you have the best of intentions, but, you know, life gets in the way and, and you don't put the, the laundry away one time and then, then you don't put it away the second time and suddenly your closet's on, you know, on your couch in your living room and, and stuff like that. So how do you help people continue to stay motivated? Right. That's a great question. Well, first of all, I say I like setting rules especially for common areas. Now, you know, you mentioned having your kids. I like kids to have a little more leeway in the room. I don't think it's good to have stuff growing there and leaving dishes and all of that. But I say, give them some leeway, okay? Just they're, as they're growing, give them some leeway. And especially with kids, because a lot of kids aren't taught these skills, they need to understand what is clutter costing them? What is disorganization costing them? I had a little girl once and we were doing the art room it was like the slash art room homework room and she was pretty angry with her mom because her mom didn't give her a check for school pictures and so she didn't get school pictures well guess what we found we found the order form for school pictures with the check that the mom had written and the child had lost it and so you know it wasn't a come down hard on like okay you know we lost this and let's have a conversation let's have a teaching moment around that so i say that it's important to teach these skills to kids early on. But I would say in your, you know, in the situation you're talking about little le uh, less structured, but in common rooms, we're gonna have these rules and we're gonna stick to them. Now, we don't get it done a lot of times because we don't write it down. If it's not a to-do, like I have to write down to clean. Do I know I have to clean? Absolutely. But if I don't write it down, it doesn't get done. So writing it down is super important. And, you know, as far as buy-in, you talk, because sometimes, I've seen more often than not, someone's a little messier, someone's a little neater, right? So we've got to kind of find that common ground there. And so writing it down, getting everyone involved and asking people, what does clutter cost you? How does it feel when you're sitting here and the house is a mess? You know, how is it on our marriage? Is it causing strain and stress? Is it causing problems with the kids? And so having those conversations, what are we losing? And then what will we gain? You know, the older I get, you can't put a price tag on peace of mind. Having a clean house, what do we gain when that happens? So starting to ask those questions and seeing how they answer and continuing the conversation. 
That's a, that's a really good point because sometimes you, it just gets and you know clutter can be expensive because you think you don't have something and so you go buy it but you then you can't find it and then you find it and then you buy have two of them and you don't need two of them. Clutter. When you look around, I want everyone listening. Look around the clutter in your house tonight. That used to be money. <laughs> that used to be money. Now they say I disagree with the statistic based on more work. They say that the average person has $3,000 worth of stuff hanging out, collecting dust. I think that's a low ball, low ball estimate. I'd say, Oh no, much more. And then what's the average credit card debt today? 10, 15,000, something like that. I have a, I have a close friend who uh, likes to go to Costco and Costco is a great place. However, when you start looking at uh, like, uh, uh, a 12 pack of foil aluminum foil that 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 it's cheaper by the 12 pack but then so now you take it and you take it home and you put it on the shelf and you and you use the first one and the the rest of it sits there and that's money that that was money now it's just sitting on the shelf and stuff so that's that we can we can actually try and save money but it's actually costing us money that's a great example. And we belong to Costco. So I understand that. But the other thing I see a lot is I don't know if y'all have, I can't remember, I have Kroger out there, but Kroger does these 10 for 10 sales. So I see these people who are prepping sometimes and have this, I'm like, well, you can't eat all this food in a lifetime. Right. And so to me, that would be a conversation of, you know, what, obviously this is coming from fear. So let's kind of, you know, have a little conversation about that. So the thing is about being smart. And again, that goes to it's not a bargain if it causes clutter, right? Now we go, like I can tell you, we get tissues from Costco. We get toilet paper. We get, I have an elderly cat. We get paper towels. So, you know, that stuff we use, but you have to be smart. Am I going to use all of these? Probably not. Or, you know, you get smart and you go in on it with someone. We don't need whatever, but let's get, we don't need 50 bottles of cleaner, but let's buy, you know, and split it. You know, when do we- at one point in our life, we went to Costco and we said, you know, the kids are young and, and they love macaroni and cheese. So we would buy, we bought a, a full case of macaroni and cheese. And it wasn't Kraft macaroni and cheese, which is the accepted brand right. by kids. It was an off brand. And so the kids didn't like it. But So we ended up throwing out uh, the, the entire case of this macaroni and cheese after we moved out uh, five mm, years later. Yeah, yeah. So we had money just sitting there doing nothing. And then uh, it, and then with food, and by the way, um, guys and ladies and gentlemen, almost everything you buy in a grocery store has got an expiration date. And so if you buy a lot of stuff and you don't use it and then it expires, then you throw it out, that's just a total waste of money, isn't it? It is. But check. Do some research because I've read before that sometimes expiration dates aren't accurate and that is to get you to buy more. So do your research. What I always say, talk to someone who runs a food pantry, because if you're not going to eat it, donate it to the food pantry, have someone use it. So check that out because I have read that they're a little bit, uh, want you to buy more. And so they kind of fudge the expiration dates. Oh, be still my foolish heart. They would know do that shocker wanting us to buy more. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, have you ever noticed that your cell phone breaks right when the contract comes up or ends? It's, it's, it's kind of like a rule almost. 
you know, well, I laughed. I saw a thing, a meme on Facebook and it had a fridge from the eighties and it's like, you know, we'll outlive you. And it's so true, right? Because back then we made things that were more quality. And so one thing that I try to do is I would rather spend more money on something that's quality, that's going to last me longer than something that's just going to fall apart. You know, it's interesting that you say that because there is two schools of thought around that. The first one is I don't have a lot of money, and, I, and if, I, if I buy this cheaper, then I've got a little bit extra money. But when it breaks in three or four or five years, and then you have to go buy it again, that's, that's, not, that's not a good thing for you either. So, and it's, it makes you feel good when there's something that's, that you can hang on to that's real quality that you know that it's going to be, it's, it's really good. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I look for, I don't have a lot of purses. I inherited some when my mom died, but I, it's shoes. I would rather pay for a nice pair of shoes that are going to last a while than that are going to fall apart. You know, they do all these things about cheap fashion, right? You know, you buy these things and then they fall apart a year or two later. I mean, that's a waste of resources. That's a waste of money. It's a waste of your time. You have to go buy more, you know, and then again, you know, when the bigger, broader picture is simply living with less, how you're able to do that and however that fits and works for you. Give us some, some um, examples of that and some hints on downsizing, downsizing and living stuff, living, living a lot more of a simple life. An easy thing that people can do is look at multiples you have. You know, do you need seven sheets, bed sets, sheets for your bed? Well, probably not. You have one on the bed now. Have a spare for, you know, if something happens and maybe a third, like we have flannel sheets because I get cold super easily. But look at uh, where you have multiples and what you can easily release. You know, that's one thing right off that you can do. Uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, do you really need it? Use it and love it. Like, do you need 5,000 tops or 500 tops or 20 pairs of shoes? Probably not. You know, pay attention. An easy thing is to do is if you wear it, move it to the side or flip the hanger. So, you know, oh, I wore this. So at the end of a season or end of the year, you can say, wow, I didn't wear a lot. Then I'm going to let this stuff go. You know, there's a they you can see people simplifying their wardrobe. You know, Steve Jobs just had the black turtleneck and the jeans. How easy is that? He didn't have to think about what he was going to wear when he woke up. I couldn't do that. I couldn't simplify to that, but I'm, that's one of my goals I'm working on is I want to find something that I feel good in, but I don't want a lot. I don't want a big closet. It just is, it's just, is too much. And I, and for the average woman, I do not own a lot. I know because I've worked in closet, but you know, how can you simplify your wardrobe looking at the multiple? And then I like to talk about downsizing life. Like, what do you need to do? Do you need to downsize your doubt? Do you not believe in yourself? Look at again, holistically, what relationships do you need to downsize? Who in your inner circle isn't your cheerful cheering squad and supporting you? Downsize that friendship. It's not just about the physical stuff. That's, that's really sound advice because there are people in your life and there are people that have been in my life that are vampires and they are not into, they're not interested in your well-being. They're interested in their how how you can best serve them. Yeah, absolutely. And Rachel and I are teaching a class later at the end of the month on how to downsize your stuff in your life. We're again, both very holistic. 
And so we have these classes called keeping it real because we're like, we're for people who are busy living life. If you're a perfectionist, probably not the class for you, but we want to save people time, money, and stress and to give them the skills to be able to do this. Now, can they get that from your website? Yep. If they go under, they go under public speaking, they'll see we've got a whole lineup of classes for the year. And it's just about, again, keeping it real. What's realistic. We're not about perfectionism. We're about saving you time, money, and energy. Reawakeyourbrilliance.com is the name of the website, and that's where you should go. And Julie will be your guide uh, through the, that whole thing. And it's it's it really is. I really ap appreciate the work that you're doing. And I wanted to ask you, and I this is kind of a little off to the side, but um, what do you are you able to help and work with people who go shopping? And this is more of a female disease than it is a male disease. That go shopping just to shop, and then they buy stuff because they just to buy stuff and they don't need it they just they just buy it um, absolutely yeah we'd want to figure out well, what's it really about what do you what need are you trying to fulfill you know some people shop because they're anxious right they're worried and so i'm like i'm gonna shop and this is gonna soothe me well what other things could we do instead of shopping understand why we do it then some set something in place you know i talk about my clutter kryptonite right Superman, the kryptonite, and he falls to his knees. You know, for me, my clutter kryptonite is leopard print and makeup sample. Oh, I can lose 10 pounds. Woohoo! I can be beautiful and in one, you know, swift motion, bring it to me. But then if I don't use it, it it's waste and it sits there. And I don't need 5,000 things on leopard print. So it's like awareness. Okay, I know these are my clutter kryptonite. And then what's the action I'm going to make to change my life? Okay. Well, I have an accountability partner. OMG, I'm looking at these shoes. There's leopard print. Talk me down from the ledge. You know, I can be tactile and like to touch things and say, okay, oh, I like, oh, and this groovy and then move on from it. And then you come up with a game plan. So for shopping, maybe you put in, uh, what do you call them? I can't think of the exact word, but internet minders. So that if you go to a shopping site, you know, you block it or you're only there for half an hour, whatever it is, you have a friend, you say, okay, like, let me take a deep breath in this moment. I want to shop right now, but what is it really about? What am I trying to fulfill in this moment? Right. And so then you come up with ways that you're able to deal with it and you replace with healthy habits to be able to move forward. And, you know, I want people listening. You, you can do it. You can absolutely do it. I don't care if you failed 999 times on the 1,000th try, you can do it. So don't feel that you can't. Don't feel like a failure. You can do it. Well, you know, that's, a, that's one of the rules of life is that you cannot succeed if you haven't failed. Yeah. Because we but, are. But all... our society and culture doesn't tell us that. It's just, I feel it's just off. It's like, look at social media and unplug people. Every one of us can benefit from unplugging. You see these curated life. I, re I once remember reading about this Instagram influencer, and I hate that term. And they were talking about how I spent four or five hours on the perfect picture. And I'm like, four or five hours? How do you have that much time? And I'm like, well, okay, I guess if you're earning money on Instagram, but I think probably the majority of people unless you're a celebrity or at, a, you know, at some crazy level, don't make that much money. So the thought of spending, trying to create this perfect photo, like that's just, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. But what we're seeing are the highlight reels. You know, I will post on Instagram without makeup. I'm like, I don't care. I was at the gym the other day and had this great experience. I'm like, I got to share this. I'm all sweaty and breathing. and bleh. But I'm like, because it's about being real and it's about being authentic. So 
take a moment away from social media and remember that it's it's not real. There are two things that I think that I wish they they should do away with. One one is Photoshop, is is uh, something yeah. that needs to be done away with, and the other one is Auto Tune. Uh, are you familiar with what auto tune is? It is. I can't sing. If I were to sing now, you'd lose everyone listening. <laughs> I can just tell you that right now. They'd be, oh my gosh, I'm out of here. But the sad thing is that there are people who legitimately cannot sing that are using auto tune, and that makes them sound like they can sing, but they can't yeah. do it live. And they can't. Anyway, yeah. I digress. But uh, that's you know. But it, it would be, it would be you know, social media is a um, problem unto itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, it can really give you a skewed view of life, can't it? It really can. But, you know, you have to think about if someone is doing all this to be, this is their clutter. Why do you want to be an influencer so much? What is it that you're, that you're trying to fulfill a need? Why do you have to be popular? Why does everyone have to like you? You know, I mean, there's a, a deeper thing going on there. And I would argue with some celebrities, too. I think, you know, there's some people like, oh, I just want to act. And I get that. And that's who I am. But other people, it's about fame. Like, what is it that that hunger for that? What are you trying to fulfill? What I'm trying to do with this show is to bring people like you here who can help us understand life a little bit better. And so that we have given, gives us another opportunity to change our behavior, change who we are, because a lot of times we're not happy with who we are. Um, and if we, and if we work to make some changes, um, and that, and that's why I love to bring people like you onto the show because you can help people make, um, better choices. And Absolutely. that's really what it's all about, isn't it? It is. But see what you're doing is you are bringing such a variety of people. They're going to find someone that works for them. They're saying, ah, oh, that resonates with me. I can do that. And, you know, now, especially more than ever, we need to have positivity in our life and instead and realistic like I've shared you know am I perfect far from it I have my struggles but that's okay I keep with it if I fall off the wagon I get back on that's that's right and there's not everybody can be famous I mean like Benny the producer he is legitimately famous and he I mean people oh, ask Kevin, for his autograph I don't all know the time. about it that really there Kevin come on uh, Kevin pull back the reins a little bit there buddy <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, but uh, no, it, but that's that's what it's. I agree with you. That's what it's all about is creating something positive for folks. And if you enjoy listening to this show, that's wonderful. And if you enjoy listening to uh, uh, Julie, that's even more wonderful because she's got some wonderful things that you can learn from her. Go to reawakenyourbrilliance.com and um, and you can and you can make some changes and they don't have to be they don't have to be wholesale cataclysmic mm-hmm. things they can be little things that you just adjust right every it's one step in front of the other everything that you do makes a difference you know if you spend around 10 minutes a day because people say oh, i don't have a lot of time okay if you can commit to 10 minutes a day do you know that's over 60 hours in a year i mean you can get a lot done in 60 hours yes you can Yes, you can. Well, think about, you know, and we talk about uh, um, if you have if you have 10 minutes to meditate a day, that's really is all you need. Mm-hmm. And they, or just to sit quietly and listen to music and clear your head and relax. And uh, mm-hmm. and and all of those things you can do. It doesn't take a great deal of time. It doesn't have to be a big production. Absolutely. The little things add up. Every little step you take makes a difference. 
I think there was a song called that. Every step you take, yeah, uh, something. I sorry, I, I digress. But, um, um, but Julie, it's been a pleasure having you here, and uh, I really like. What would you like to tell our audience if there's one thing that you could tell them about what you do and and uh, how you how you experience life and how you experience the folks that you're working with? If you could give us one piece of advice, I would say to know that you're good enough you're worthy and you are loved no matter what and never forget that because when you can fully embrace that your life changes say that again you are good enough you are worthy and you are loved no matter what there's a bumper sticker for you oh i should do that that's actually a good idea <laughs> it's also it's also a uh, t-shirt um, because, because, you know, you, the, and the, the reality is, is that regardless, you know, I, I don't know, and we were running out of time, but just real quick, um, I've been spending a lot of times, um, a lot of time listening to, uh, people who've had near death experiences. And one of the thing, one of the common themes, the commonality of them all is that at one point in time, they are told life is about love and fear. If you, if you work from a position of love, you will not have a position of fear. If you work from fear, you're going to have hate. You're going to have all this negative things that are going to be attracted to you. So just approach it from love. I challenge everybody today, when you go to the grocery store and you're in the checkout line and um, smile, lower your mask for a second and smile at the cashier and say, how are you? How's your day? I hope everything's going well for you today. You might be the only person that, that has a nice interaction with her all day. And it'll declutter her mind so that it will be better for her as well. Because decluttering your mind is something you do, right? Absolutely. And declutter your heart as important. And I just want to say, if people go to my website, I have a free assessment that they can fill out. Again, you know, I've talked about self-knowledge and that will help them discover their clutter priority. And I have an action item with each. So they say, ah, relationships, my clutter priority. Bam, you got an action item right there. Very nice, very nice. So go to, again, reawakenyourbrilliance.com. Julie, it's been a pleasure having you here today. Thanks so much for having me and thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Oh, well, that's awfully nice of you to say. <laughs> it's the truth. You can tell your passion. Well, it, that is true. By the way, this show we do on uh, Monday at 9 from 9 to 10, Wednesdays at 4 from 4 to 5, and also Fridays at noon. For, and that's for Think Energy, which is our metaphysical show. And so we try and cover it all here on KKNW. And then I've also got four different, uh, I won't bore the details with you, but I've got four different podcasts and go to kmmedia.pro and you can find out that's again, kmmedia.pro and you can find out everything you need to know about what we're doing. You can support us. You can join us. You can do some great things in this world. And Julie, thank you so much for being here. Go again to reawakenyourbrilliance.com. And by the way, you know, be kind to one another because each other is all we got. We'll see you next time.